Hello, and welcome to Hope Church. We're a local church with chill style, real faith, and no perfect people allowed. Thanks for checking out our podcast. This is a message from our SoCal location in the Santa Cruz, California area. We hope this message is encouraging. If you live near either of our locations, we'd love to have you join us for one of our many Sunday services. Oh, how many of you guys know life is super simple, right? It's so easy and simple. Isn't it funny how complicated, I feel like in, in my 20s, I thought life was so complicated and hard. And then I got married and, you know, got a job. <laughs> and then I realized, man, and then I thought my life was complicated and hard, you know. And I was having this moment last night. Um, I, I had this idea to, to not do screen time and just play some games with my son last night. So we played Sorry, and he beat me poorly at that game. I, I, he beat me. He humbled me at Sorry. It's like the little board game. And then he's like, Dad, can we do origami? And I thought, that sounds like a great idea. Let's do origami. It's like 8.30 at night, like good like wind-down activity for the end of the night. And so he found this X-Wing fighter YouTube for an origami. And I've never actually done origami, and I didn't realize how extremely difficult this is. And, like, I'm, it's my Saturday. I surfed, hung out with my family. I'm super relaxed and kind of, like, winding down for the day. And I'm trying to watch this YouTube video. And I swear to you, this guy, he starts out super simple. And then he just gets more and more complicated. And he starts going faster and faster <laughs> to where we're, like, having to pause it. And all he's getting frustrated. I'm getting frustrated. I'm, like, I literally got to a point where I, I was, like, hopeless. This isn't going to happen. <laughs> I got to the point where I realized... We're not going to finish this tonight. This is going to, I'm going to have to like wake up fresh and drink a cup of coffee and come back at this. This ain't happening tonight. And it just became too complex. And isn't it funny how the world we live in, we have so many ways that we've tried to use technology and create ways to make our life more simple. Yet those very things have actually backfired and made our life even more complex. Like think about the phone. It's great, right? You can go on your phone right now, order Starbucks, ham and cheese croissant, you know, and instead of talking to a real person, you can spend 15 minutes on your phone trying to order it, and then you can walk in and grab it, but instead of just walking in and talking to somebody, you know, and I think a lot of times it's like that where we've tried to create these technologies, we try to create these, these ways to simplify our life, and it's actually made it more complicated, and so as we're talking about this series right now, this series that we're talking about, it really is beautiful because maybe, maybe you've experienced that in life, where life, even the last couple of years, where things have gotten complex, right? And, and the, oftentimes it's like that. You start out, and I look back to what I thought was complicated, and I look back to this, and I just, I cherish the simplicity of life back in the day. Even back when we first started this church, back in the school, it was so simple, we didn't have a building to take care of. We just had a little white trailer, you know, but back then it seemed really complicated. And God, as you follow the Lord, what often happens is, you know, you're faithful a little bit and God gives you more. You're faithful a little bit and God gives you more. Pretty soon you look around, look around yourself and you're like, wow, God's blessed me. And in the blessing, it's a great thing, but at the same time, it's also, we can get caught in the complexity of that too. But Jesus brings it back to the simplicity of and that's what this series is all about, is seek first the kingdom. And we're going to kind of just read the scripture again and, and meditate on this passage kind of as just like, I, I think it's a great lead into a fast that where we're going to just kind of focus our life around 
the simplicity of this, right? There's all these things that you can focus on, and there's all these things that promise you happiness and simplicity and fulfillment, and the truth is none of them do. The reality is none of those places do. The one thing that we can find fulfillment in is in Christ. And so look at this passage. We're going to read this again. I know we read this last week. Big shout out to Pastor Tim. What a, he's doing such a great job. Um, he's homesick today, or he's feeling fine, but they, they had an exposure, so they're staying home. Sorry, Tim. We miss you, buddy. And uh, we'll, we'll see you next week. But um, great message last week, and uh, what a great team we have. You're here to Hope, and Chris, and Savannah, and Justin, and all the, all the key leaders and volunteers. You guys are doing such a great job. Super grateful for you guys. Um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 34. If you guys have your Bibles, you can turn there with me. And I just, I think this is, this is one of those passages that you can read and reread and reread again. It's called meditation, something that's kind of a lost art in the, the American church, if you will. But it's, I think this is a great place to meditate. Let's take a minute to just to meditate on this. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap, or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And the, the actual uh, word in the original language there is cubit, right? So you could say an hour, or you could actually say like, actually add to your height, right? Who, who, could, who could grow taller by worrying, right? If anything, it's probably making us, you know, shrink down. Um, but verse 28, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, Will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. So why do we worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will, ha- will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Can we just sing that together? Don't worry about a thing. <laughs> right? Bob Marley wrote a great song out, out, of, out of this passage right here. It's a really, it's a really powerful passage when you think about the, the, uh, the freedom that comes when you can focus on what matters most in life. When you focus on your relationship with God, there's so many things that don't matter because he is our heavenly father. He knows what you need. He knows, he already knows before you need it. And he cares. I, I highlighted the word valuable. Do you believe that you're valuable in the eyes of your father? Man, I have kids and I'm not great. I'm not perfect. But I know what they need. And I want to make sure they have what they need. And even though I'm imperfect, how much more is our Heavenly Father perfect? And He wants to take care. Like, I failed at the origami challenge, you know what I'm saying? But our Heavenly Father, He doesn't fail. He always has what we need. He always knows what we need, and we're valuable to Him. And I think that's like the simplicity here of this passage, where Jesus is trying to bring us back to this authentic faith. 
that's not ba- built for show, but but built out of authentic, an authentic heart for Him. That's out of out of out of the right heart. Um, and so we're going to look at this, and I, I think there, when we talk about, so in the series, kind of what our focus was, last week we talked about just like our home, and then this week we're kind of talking about our church, and the next week we're going to talk about how that bleeds out in the community. And so when we think about church, I think sometimes it's, uh, it's important to, to bring it back to the focus. Why do we gather? Why do we do this? And I think the last year and a half, two years has been really hard, but also really good. How was that for you when we first went into quarantine and we couldn't gather as a church? The loving thing to do was to not gather, right? And then we were like, well, how can we do it? Let's, so we met outside for like a year and we tried to just make it work. And so there was this thing that happened where I think for some of us, there was anger, sadness, frustration, not being able to gather. But for some other people, it was kind of like, whew. This is so nice. I can wake up, brew some coffee, click on the TV, get a little inspiration. <laughs> right? Like like <laughs> the consumeristic part of like Christianity just got even more easy, you know what I mean? It's like you don't even have to just show up anymore. You can just click on to Instagram, get about 10 minutes, double tap the like so they know that you were on there. And then, you know, and then throw a little comment, hallelujah, praise the Lord, boom. And I went to church, right? And it's like the box has been checked. Now, do you think that's what Jesus meant when he said, seek first the kingdom, that we should just like wake up in the morning, pray a prayer, and check the box, and then move on? I don't think that's what Jesus meant. I think Jesus meant that this is the first and foremost thing in our life, the kingdom of God, that this whole relationship with God and what we call the kingdom is first and foremost for us. And, and, and what's beautiful about that in a church community, it is simplifying, right? We don't have to try to be everything. Don't you love simplicity? I love simplicity. You know, I'm not so stoked about how Google, like, sells my information out to, like, everyone, but... The thing about this little box where it's like it's all white and there's just this little line and you just you type into Google, right? And it 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 they've gone done really well with that. I think people criticized in the beginning, like there's there's no ads, there's no how are you gonna monetize that, right? And so they're like they're like geniuses, right? They're like, we'll just make it simple. In and out burger. Joe Gruber isn't here, but I gotta represent I, I don't you know, red meat isn't in my part of my daily diet, but I still appreciate a good in and out burger once in a while. I'll break the fast for that. <laughs> you know, there, but there's beauty in the simplicity of in and out right? You go there, there's no nachos, there's no tacos, there's no spaghetti and meatballs. They do one thing. They make burgers. And you want fries with that and a milkshake. That's, a, that's all you can do at In-N-Out Burger, right? Unless you know the secret, like, menu with the double-double animal style with chili peppers, mustard fried, mustard only, all that stuff, right? You can go, you can go deep, but, like, it's simple, right? And, and I, Apple is another example, right? These phones, like, I remember when they first, they just had one button, remember? It was, like, one button. That's so cool. It's, it's simple. Now, and then they got rid of the button. We're all going to have carpal tunnel from doing this. But there's, you know, it, there's... I think people are drawn to that because our lives are so complex and we're over time we're just we're drawn to complicate things more and more right we're drawn to that simplicity and and I think there's a reason for that because we were made 
for simplicity. In the Old Testament, Moses gave us the, the Torah or the Ten Commandments, the, the, the law, right? And it starts with this one thing, right? Do, do you guys know what the first commandment is? Have no other gods before me, right? It's like there's one thing in your life. Put God first, right? And then Jesus brings that around to like, hey, what's, what are all the commandments coming out? He's like, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Have you ever thought about what does that look like? What does it look like for me to love God with all of my strength, all of my mind, all of my heart, like all of it? Not just like, a, I think a lot, a lot of times Christianity today, we use about like, you know, 2% of our brain in our Christianity, you know what I'm saying? Popping on a YouTube uses about 2% of your brain. And I think God wants us to be more connected than that. He wants us to be more engaged than that. And I want to talk about today. But I think there's something beautiful that comes as well. Another, another outcome of this, this simplicity and authenticity is there's a unity that comes out of this. You think about it. When a group of people gather together, we all have different opinions, Right? We all might have, there's, there's how many people, there, you know, there's a hundred different opinions about how to run the government in, in this room. You know what I'm saying? There's a hundred different opinions about COVID and masks and all these things, right? But when it comes down to it, if we have Jesus at the center, if we're seeking first his kingdom, there's a unity that happens. And I think that's something that's so needed in the church. What do they say when you want to conquer something? Divide and conquer. That's kind of what's happening in a lot of churches in the nation right now. And, and some of that has to do with this lack of connectivity. We've given up on the, the meeting of the church. And I'm not saying like, you know, that we're, because the, the, I, I know you guys are here because you have not given up on the meeting of the church. You're watching online because you want to be connected, right? And so I, I'm, I'm just, I'm not saying this isn't, this isn't to put anybody down or negative, but I think this is a message that needs to be heard in the church, that there's a value in this. The, what we do together, this kingdom of God. And so I'm going to talk for a minute. What is the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom? When we talk about this passage, seek first the kingdom, is that just my relationship with God vertical? The kingdom of God, it really is defined as this, this community of people that are living under Jesus as their king, that have no other king but Jesus. That's the community. And, and the, the Bible refers to it as the body of Christ, right? There's a connectivity where we all need each other. You know, you may not think that you're needed, but you are. And you may not think that you need to be part of it, but you do. In the body of Christ. Um, another passage talks about the church as the, the bride of Christ. That Jesus loves his church so much, right? And, and how can we say that we don't, we don't want to be around the bride of Christ, right? We want to be connected with the bride of Christ. We want to be connected with the body of Christ. And we want to be unified because in reality, this kingdom of God, it's not something that you can do alone. There's no solo version of Christianity, period. There's no version of this that is defined by, it's just me and God. I don't do, I don't do church, but I, I love God. Now, I understand that, and I understand why people would be there and get to that place. And I, and I know a lot of people that are in that place, so it's not to put you down or criticize you, but the reality is that that is not a biblical form of Christianity. The entire Bible was written to be read in community. You were created 
for a relationship, not just with God, but with people. God created you in his image, which by very nature is relational, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And he, he created us to live in community with people. And the church is the body of Christ. It's made up of other people that are different, that are not just like you for a reason. Because we, it's where we learn. It's where we grow. It's where we learn how to, how to love people and live in community by, by being in community. And we desperately need it. And I think in this world today, we need it more and more than ever. Because all of these things that have made our life more simple have actually made us more complex and isolated. And I think the reality of Church Online is great. Those of, and just a little shout out. I know there's some people out there that you cannot attend a gathering. You are physically uh, not able to do that right now because of COVID or because of where you're at in life. My parents watch every week. And right now, they're not able to be part of a, a community of believers. And I know their heart breaks because they want to be part of that. But physically, they're not able to right now. And I'm so grateful for that technology. And I love you, Mom and Dad. And I um, love that you guys are there. And, and this isn't a message to you to go to church because or feel guilty. But I think the reality is we need to be connected how we can. We need the church. More and more in the world today, we need the church. And we need the, the, the body of Christ to be seeking first this kingdom that is not just defined as Jesus, but it's, it's, it's the kingdom that is the people that are, are under Jesus' leadership and lordship. And that is so, something that we should be seeking first. I love, uh, this is my favorite passage about the church, Acts 2.42. You want to know what church is? I think this is a really good, um, uh, I wouldn't say it's a definition. It's, it's more of just a demonstration of what church can look like anywhere at any time in, in history. Acts 2, 42 through 44. If you guys have your Bibles, you can turn there. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of pancakes and prayer. The breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles and all the believers were together and had everything in common. Right? This is an outflow of the ministry of Jesus. What did Jesus do with his disciples? They're hanging out. They're eating together. They're praying together. They're, 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 they're reaching out to other people, right? Jesus is healing the sick, and, and there's, there's this outreach, and there's this relationship, and there's this fellowship and this connectivity. They knew each other. They probably hung out and had jokes together. They had dinner together. Constantly, they're eating together. They're walking together. They're going places. They're doing life together. Jesus invited people into his life. They were connected and they were committed, and they were engaged. In fact, it cost them their life to be associated with Jesus. So there was skin in the game. There was an investment there. And I think that when, we, when it comes to the church, what does it look like to seek first his kingdom in when, when what we call church? In what we call church. And um, I just, this is something that I, I kind of shared at a wedding this last year, and I'm going to have to come up with a new illustration for weddings now, but my friend Don has this really cool business, Don and Jew, they have this really cool business right here in Midtown where they have electric solar-powered kilns in their backyard, and he uh, forms this clay and makes really cool handcrafted, one-of-a-kind pottery. Like, look at the inside of that. Can you see that? Beautiful, right? And he formed this bowl for a purpose. If you were going to eat cereal by yourself, 
this is not the bowl you're going to pick, right? This bowl was made for community. This bowl was meant to be like, we're talking like big old salad, right? 10 people, 20 people, pasta right here. This bowl was made uh, for a purpose, to be in the center of the table feeding people, right? And um, also, this bowl was made for service. This bowl was made so that you could serve other people with it, right? And I think in the same way, the body of Christ, God designed us as people. He formed us with a purpose to live in community. And he formed us for service. We think we need to be served. We want to be served. But what we really need is to be of service. We really need to have an investment where we are serving other people and we're contributing, right? You come over to my house for the first time, I'm going to feed you, welcome you in. But if you come over like 10 times in a row and you don't offer to bring something or help and clean up, you're kind of a jerk, you know what I'm saying? And I think that's kind of like the body of Christ, right? We're, we, but the thing is, we need, we need that. Is there's a reason why in recovery that part of the steps is to be of service because we need that as individuals. We, God created us. To serve. Jesus said, the greatest in my kingdom is a servant. And another truth about this bowl is you're never going to take something out of it if you don't put something good into it. Right? And I think a lot of times it's easy with the consumer culture that we live in that we're kind of grown up into. I mean, I was like that generation that was just marketed over and over and over again, right? So now we're just skeptical of everything. And, you know, I'm searching for a truck, and I type in F-150 into Google, and now everywhere, every time I go into Instagram or YouTube or anywhere, all it's like, you need a truck, you need a truck, 0% financing. You know? <laughs> it's just like, you know, and we live in that world where we're, we think we need to get something out of it. And I think it, for people that have that approach to church, you're going to be disappointed. But if you have this approach of like, how can I come and invest? How can I invest in God's kingdom in this family of believers? And that, that's what Joe and Pam have done. I just want to honor you guys again. That's what you guys have done here. You guys have invested and, and made a place for other people. And what a blessing. What a beautiful picture of, of, of how God has created us to be part of a family. This isn't just a restaurant where you go and you pay the check and you get served and you give a little tip if you feel like, they did a good job. This is a family. Church is meant to be and intended to be a family dinner where what you put into this is what you will take out of it. And I believe that God wants to make food with organic ingredients. He wants authenticity. We, we don't want to put fake in here, right? And I think that a lot of times the pressure for church is that I got I to gotta have it all together. I got to be perfect. And, and, the, and so we end up having this kind of fake culture that's not authentic. And one of the things here at Hope, we value that, is be real. Be yourself. And so bring those authentic ingredients. Bring them to God. See what he can make with it. That's the beauty of it. When we bring what we have to him, he always makes something beautiful out of it. And, and, and the best meal is when everybody comes together and says, hey, I have this. Like that little boy, when Jesus fed the 5,000, I got a lunch. He was the only guy dumb enough to offer his lunch. You know what I'm saying? Everyone else is like, I'm going to keep my food because there's too many people here. And this little boy is like, he's got, not dumb, he's got faith. He's like, dude, God, God can do anything. That childlike faith 
that Jesus is calling us to in the Sermon on the Mount, saying, your Father knows what you need. You're valuable. We bring that fish in loaves. We bring it to Jesus and watch how he multiplies it. Watch how he turns it into something beautiful. Watch to see all the lives that are changed as a result. So my challenge for you, 2022, real quick, is this. Connect. My challenge to you is three things. Simple is you were made for community. And I want to encourage you to connect. And I think a lot of times, like I said, we can have these false senses of connection because, oh, I watch this great preacher online all the time and I feel connected, but I'm actually more isolated than I ever was. Right? What does it mean to be more connected this year? Fellowship, breaking of bread. Who are the people that you gather with and pray together with? Who are the people that you read the word with and and, and make that connection? Like online church is great. It, It should be a great vitamin. It makes a great supplement, but it doesn't make a great meal. It doesn't make a great, a, great, a great connection. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, if you're, if you're driving to Tahoe, pop it on. Get the supplement. But, like, come back and be part. And that doesn't necessarily just mean here as a church service. At Hope, we've always wanted this to be the springboard, the launching path for what happens throughout the week in the life of the church. And that, but that requires people to open up your lives. And it's less about attendance and more about intentionality, that you are known and knowing other people too. It's not what we want from you. It's what God wants for you. Number two is I want to encourage you to engage. Engage. What does it look like to be engaged in a lifestyle of worship? What does it look like to be engaged in the word of God? What does it look like to be engaged in the Holy Spirit in your life at another level this year? And that means uh, like having accountability. Do you guys know what accountability is? It's when you have people in your life that are checking in with you. Hey, how are you doing with temptation? How is it going? How is that, how is, you know, just encouraging you along the way. Not, not in a guilty way, not trying to put you down, but like friends. Chris Matley is someone in my life that he has that open door where he's like, hey, how are you doing? And I need that and you need that. What does it look, look like to engage in relationship and 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 invest, which is the third thing. Connect, engage, invest. I want to challenge you to invest in the kingdom of God. And that's not just talking about monetarily, although that's part of it. Generosity is the natural outflow when we recognize how how grateful we can be, how much blessing God has given us. There There is a blessing that comes when we invest our lives. And it's not just, again, it's not just monetarily, but what does it look like to invest and pour into another person? Who is the young man around you that you can pour into and teach what you've learned? Who is the young mom or the young single woman who's struggling with that and trying to figure life out and, and that you could pour into who you have, you've walked those roads, right? How can we pass on what we have? That's what I'm talking about when we talk about investing investing in the lives of others, taking the risk to invest your life in other people and investing into the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? It's the people of God. It's the, it's the word of God. It's the spirit of God. These are the things that really last beyond this life if you think about it. What else can you take with you? I could paddle out next week when that big swell shows up on my new gun that I just got for Middle Peak, and not paddle in. And at that point, I have no more opportunity to invest my life. 
and the things that I can invest in in this life now that will matter are also the exact three things that are the kingdom of God. God's word. I can take his word with me. God's spirit. I can take his Holy Spirit with me. And the people of God are the, are the people that are going to be in heaven and eternity with us. You think about that. The ripples that we, the, the drops that we, 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 we invest in God's kingdom are really the only things that we do that ripple throughout eternity. There's a lot of things that we do in this life that aren't really going to matter very much. And that's just a reality. The surfboard that I ride isn't really going to matter in light of eternity. It's not going to matter. But the people I invest in, there's this, uh, what's that movie with Shane Dorian? There's an old movie with Shane Dorian. He's talking about big wave riding, and he's talking about, you know, these massive swells that arrive and just break on, on Maui and how it starts as a storm out at sea. It's, it's the ripple effect, right? Something hits here and it ripples out. And you think about your life. What are the ripple effects of your life? What are the things that you are investing in that are going to ripple out into eternity? And it's where we have invested in God's kingdom. We hope this message encouraged you to take the next steps in your relationship with God. The cool thing is that you don't have to do it alone. There are a lot of ways you can get connected here at Hope. Not only do we want you to feel at home at Hope, we'd love to help you find a home. Please check out discoverhope.church and click connect or just email us at info at discoverhope.church. Lastly, we give everything we can away for free and rely 100% on volunteers and donations to support this ministry. If you'd like to give to the Mission of Hope Church, you can select the Give option on our website or text any amount to 831-800-2060. Thanks again for tuning in.